Next on BYU Sports Nation, way too early NCAA tournament expectations for BYU basketball. Are you on the train? Uh, Men's Hoops assistant head coach, associate head coach, Tim Lacombe previews the brand new non-conference schedule in Studio B. He wants and schedule Bama. Whoa. Plus the top 10 running backs BYU football will face in 2017. Which opponent has two guys in that list? I've got an Indiana fever. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, July 12th, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with international basketball jersey collector, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, Terrell Williams, a friend of the program. Hooked uh, the show up with the jersey. This is Jim Fredette's Shanghai Sharks jersey. So here we are, man. The Shanghai Sharks represented Baccio, in Studio B. Baccio Gaywall. Swish! That's right. He did a lot of that last year. Uh, Baccio Gaywall, we realize, means pass me the dang ball. Because that's all that Jim Fredette needs to say in Shanghai. Hey, did your uh, Shanghai Shark favorite player score 73 points in a game last year? Yep, he sure did. Yes, uh, I don't know any others. Uh, <laughs> but hey, shout out to my boy Robinson Cano, the finest. Oh yeah, so we greatest. go from Jimmer to Ro- we got to get the speaking, Mariners in speaking there. Speaking of great, greatest Mariner, uh, yeah, of this uh, team this year. Uh, Nelson Cruz <laughs> might be better actually. <laughs> MVP. The Mariners don't win, you know, uh, get to the postseason. So this is probably the All Star Game of the MVP. All Star Game MVP. Solo shot. In- enjoy Boom. your moment in the spotlight. I was, I was watching that All-Star game and enjoying yeah. it because, obviously, we were there uh, for the 2014 Miami Beach Bowl and accompanying activity uh, at some point associated with that game. And I couldn't help but think of Robert and I on the ground. <laughs> at, and, and like, at, down the right field line, I was like, oh, we were standing there in overtime and, you know, the whole thing. So weird. It was fun. <laughs> that was a fun. That was a fun trip. It was fun until the game ended. <laughs> it was a fun trip. Yeah. Hey, by the way, BYU football gearing up for another season. BYU 50 underway internationally. Oh, man. How about We've that? got China represented with the Shanghai Sharks. And in Japan, a BYU 50 box is dropped. Winner there. And don't forget the great state of Colorado also on the docket today. Pretty crazy that BYU can go international with this. Like, is BYU going to put a 50 box, like, on Mars in five years? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, hey, someone get it. Full ride scholarship Someone's if you slow, get to the box in Mars. over to the box. Yeah. yeah. Matt Damon's so, like, what's <laughs> this? And then it explodes. Congratulations on, to yeah. our Mars winner, Matt Damon. He eats a potato. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I like that movie. Good stuff. Our first show together, by the way, in Studio B since June. Man. It's good, it's good to get the band back together for at least a day. But, but my... Uh, my friend got on a bike recently and said, man, this is like riding a bike. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it is. Wait, he, and he was serious? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Like, wow is right. Oh, yeah. Riding wow a bike is, is like right. riding a bike. That's a fact. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, we're back together. Let's do it. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's like riding a bike. BYU men's basketball released the 2017-2018 non-conference schedule. The Cougars start the season October 25th 
With the Cougar tip-off, BYU will then host two exhibitions, November 1st against Westminster and a week later against Colorado College. Then the season begins Saturday, November 11th. Season begins on Saturday. A weekend game against Mississippi Valley State. BYU will then travel to New Jersey and Princeton on November 15th and open an important four games in eight-day stretch with UT Arlington. NIT rematch on November 18th. Niagara on November 21st, both in Provo. Then the Cougars go to Brooklyn. They play uh, in the Barclays Center, home of the Brooklyn Nets, against Alabama. Avery Johnson's the head coach. And UMass. That's, those are two good games. Then host UT Arlington. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. team that ended BYU season last year in the NIT, November 18th in Provo. BYU plays, uh, yeah, the couple. The, that's an important stretch for BYU. Yeah. The Cougars play at Utah Valley, vengeance match, November 29th, at Utah State, December 2nd, and host top 50 Ken Palm team, NRPI. Is, are they on a top 50 RPI team as well? Hmm. Illinois State. I don't know because I don't care about RPI. Oh, you don't care about RPI? That's no. unfortunate. No. <laughs> December 9th, the inaugural Beehive Classic. It's happening in Salt Lake. BYU will play Weber State. Then the return of Utah on December 16th. I Good. imagine a few people will want to be at that game. Good. Idaho State, December 21st. Texas Southern on December 23rd. And then Merry Christmas to all in Provo. We will discuss more of the schedule and the roster coming up mm-hmm. in what's trending. Mm-hmm. Eric Mika came off the bench. It's better than a DNPCD. Did not play. Coach's decision. For the Miami Heat Summer League squad last night, four points, two boards, seven minutes of play, and a loss to the Eastern Conference wannabes, Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> the Eastern Conference wannabes. Because Mark On the heels Cuban, of Mark Cuban. Yeah, Mark Cuban said he wants to. Holy cow. The Augusta Sports Council has named one Johnny Linehan to the 2017 Ray Guy Award watch list, which highlights the nation's best collegiate punters. It sounds so formal. The Augusta, and the one highlight that we show of him is 4th and 19. <laughs> That's where we're at. We didn't mean to do that at Wait, all. Wait, what? That was an accident. Who, who put that in there? What intern showed that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's a punter award, and he's not punting. <laughs> it's not the doke. It's he's, not the doke. Can we get a, can we get a punting highlight for Appar- Johnny Lennon? Apparently not. Can we show one of the several punts he placed inside the 10-yard line? <laughs> All forgettable. <laughs> Alohi Rob- yeah. Worth the no more. Worth the no more. <laughs> Alohi Robbins-Hardy and Team USA moved to 2-0 at the European Global Challenge. Alohi Robbins-Hardy, of course, is the BYU women's volleyball team. The U.S. college national team beat the Czech U-23 team and the fighting Gal Gadots of Israel, the U-23 team, in three sets. That's, that's awesome. She's hanging out in Europe. Free Instagram posts. Hey, nice poll. Via Gal USA. Gadot. Yeah, Gal Gadot. Yeah. I can't tell you another Israeli. <laughs> Congratulations She's the one. to Alohi Robbins-Hardy and Team USA. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Choo-choo, chaboogie. <laughs> new look BYU basketball has a new non-conference schedule. Shining, shimmering, splendid, Jerem. Well, we'll let all of you decide that. Are the Cougars back on track to make the NCAA tournament after a two-year hiatus? No seniors on this squad once again, but it seems opportunity knocks from a numbers perspective, and that matters. Jaron brought up a great point. Name brands are fun, right? Well, guess what? In college basketball, because there are so many teams, sometimes name brands don't always resonate as a good opponent. 
in the metrics that matter. RPI, whether you hate it or not, and the Ken Palm rating. So let's discuss the top five non-conference games with some Ken Palm retrospect. He only has five top 75 games, which is nice. You look at the schedule, and initially you look at it, and it doesn't really pop. What, what pops when you look at that? You go, okay, Princeton made the tourney, Ivy League, not a top. Alabama's a big name. Alabama's a big name. In hoops, they're getting a lot better. They had a really good recruiting class with Avery Johnson. UMass, traditionally good. They weren't that good last year. Uh, Illinois State is traditionally a good team, but not sexy, right? They're good. Utah's the one that pops. There's only really one game for me that pops in the non-con, and it's Utah. But, when you, like you said, when you look at it further, top, there are five games in the top 75. You have two in the top 50. Utah, 47, based on Ken Palm's finishing rankings last year. Illinois State, 49. So two top 50. Will they play out to be top 50? We'll see. Alabama, 56. Princeton, 58. UT Arlington, 75. BYU was 80, by the way. So five top 75 games. If BYU goes 3-2, and 4-1 and one in there, they're in a decent spot to be at largeable if you can go at least 2-2 two and two in league play against St. Zaga. That's, that's probably what you need to be bubblicious. Well, let's year. add some context to this. There are 351 Division I college basketball teams. I don't teams. want to zoom out. I want to zoom in. So top 75 is because so some of them are like, well, top 75, why aren't we talking about top 25? There well, are well, way more college basketball teams. Top 44 is what you want to talk about. Cause if you want to get in the NCAA tournament and be in that at-large 40, selection conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, and let's not forget that BYU will have four games against – Really good opponents in West Coast Conference play. So you add that to what Pacific, they have in the conference Portland, schedule. It's LMU. Stop it. Yes, the Zags exactly. and St. Mary's are both projected again to be really good. So BYU, even though there's not the name brand quality, a ton of it on the schedule, the metrics seem pretty good. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Brigham will play eight games against projected NCAA tournament teams this season. We say games instead of opponents. It's six opponents, but eight games because you play St. Mary's twice, Gonzaga twice. So Alabama's a 10 seed. This is June bracketology, according to Lunardi. Princeton a 12, UT Arlington a 12, Texas Southern a 16, Zags a 5 seed, St. Mary's a 4 seed. That's your best team on the schedule right now. Eight games eight out games. of 31 against teams projected to so make four. the NCAA tournament. Almost exactly one out of every four games against a team projected to make the tourney. Things change quite a bit. Texas Southern going to be the 16th seed? Who knows? Whatever. But this, this team's really young. This team's really young. And we know the, all the teams that BYU is going to play, and now we know the roster. And that brings us to our Twitter question. Based on what we know now, BYU Hoops schedule and roster, will the Cougars make the NCAA tournament? Oh, right. yes. Use Let's th- get right down to it on July 12th. Yeah. Uh, use the hashtag BYUSN at PASC underscore PASC BYU. After beating St. Mary's, not losing the easy games, and making it four in Spokane, and we will be dancing in March. I think BYU's got to go like 25-6 and six to be in a good spot. BYU has not made the NCAA tournament regular season game. since 2014. That seems like forever. Christian Stewart seems says that's a long time. The twenty four, sorry, March of twenty fifteen, right? Oh, there you go. Okay. Because it's going to be March of twenty eighteen the next time an NCAA tournament happens. Yeah, I, I, when I first look at this, I go, no. Here's why. I think this is a young group. I like the group BYU's got. I'm not going to put undue pressure on them initially. I thought last year's team 
should have made the tourney, but injuries and youth played a huge role. The youth was a bigger factor than well, and BYU we all got away credit. from what they have done traditionally under Dave Rose, which was start in the post. And that's probably Eric Mika is an amazing player. Twenty and nine, fantastic. One of the greatest players BYU's ever had here. Like he's one of the top twenty-five players who's ever played here. Um, but BYU's going to get back to what they do best. I and I think this schedule is set up for a lot of wins. I think it's good. I don't think it's strong enough to give BYU the leeway to lose some games with a young group with no seniors, with uh, Heath Troy coming back and kind of changing some things. Right. I I think that if BYU is bubblicious, that'll be great. That's that's what I hope that BYU is in the last four out convo. They'll be in that conversation. They will be in that conversation. We hope, right? Last year we were like, yeah, we hope they make the turn. They weren't even close. They were never in the convo. They were never even in the convo last year, like midseason, preseason, like like nothing. Between like in, between in, in. the Elijah Bryant situation with him being injured and Kyle Davis, I mean though. Those things had a huge impact on BYU basketball. No doubt. Not BYU being was still never in the convo. Okay, well, I'm going to assume health. And I assumed health going into last season. And had they been healthy, they would have been in the conversation. But that didn't work out that way. Those injuries are really overlooked. Jerem, I, I, I'm doing it, man. Ju- July 12th. July, tw- July 12th. I didn't put this on one time last year. Not the entire season. That's right. We shouldn't have put it on. They didn't make it. It's going on. BYU basketball will make the NCAA tournament. They will be better than they were last year. Even after Eric Mika left. The Cougs, man. They're going to the tournament. I hope so. I miss it. Yes, it's July 12th. And yes, this hat is still as it's, bad as it's it ever has ridiculous. Been. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see your amazing eyes. <laughs> Up next, Tim Lacombe will preview that non-conference schedule. Party hound in Studio B. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation nationally simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation jumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. On the BYU TV app, if you're jonesing for some hoops, you're like, oh, I need to watch some good BYU basketball. Jimmer Fredette, Danny Ainge, and others. There's a ton of games on the app. If you want to uh, just go to the upper left and search for, say, Ainge, you can watch the 1981 BYU versus Notre Dame game right now on your phone if you want. Check it out, the BYU TV app. Why not? It's July 12th. What else are you doing besides watching BYU Sports Nation or yeah, listening to it? We're on uh, vacay, just hanging out. You know? Our Twitter question today, based on what we know now, BYU hoops, a non-conference schedule in place. We know the opponents they'll face in West Coast Conference play, just not when those games will happen. And we know the roster. Will they make the NCAA tournament and why? Hashtag BYUSN at Twiggy or Stone says, too many unknowns on the team for me to say yes right now. Team might take time to gel, which could hurt tourney chances. You all saw and heard my opinion in the opening segment. Download the podcast if you want to hear what we think. Last year, there was a lot of pressure on that team. I want there to be no pressure on this team. Youngish, new assistant coach, Utah back on the schedule. I want this team to have time to grow because there are like eight newcomers on this schedule again. A lot of talented returners, but... Those newcomers need to contribute as well. Last year we saw it was tough 
to get some bench production from BYU at times, right? Injuries played a role in that. Youth played a role in that. I want this team to go in so loose on offense, so loose, that they surprise us. That's what I want this year. Run and gun. There will be times this year where all five guys on the floor can absolutely be a three-point threat. Not a joke. And I love the Warriors have changed everything. brand of basketball. Absolutely it's the they have. Some people hate that. But guess what? Is it winning? Is it working in the NBA? Look at those rings the Warriors are rocking right now. Joining us now, BYU basketball associate head coach, Tim Lacombe on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. On the road today, so we assume, you know, getting the good word out there about the party hounds, right, Tim? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the uh, first leg of our tour. Um, <laughs> it's exhausting. My, my voice is, you know, taking a beating. No, but really... Uh, First day of the uh, live evaluation period uh, for July. So uh, three weeks consecutively, there's uh, live AAU events, and college coaches are able to go and watch them. So uh, about 15, 16 days of the month, uh, our staff will be out uh, seeing guys, you know, for 2018, 19, 20, and uh, kind of just building our board. What city are you in? I am in Atlanta, Georgia, actually north of Atlanta in Cartersville, Georgia, as we speak. Oh, very nice. Checking out the talent. So the, the, you helped put together the schedule, and the schedule, uh, the non-conference schedule came out yesterday. What did it take to put that 13-game slate together? Uh, it, you know, the hardest thing we, obviously, the hardest thing we do is uh, put a team together and try to win games. I mean, that's, that's the toughest thing. Uh, recruiting is obviously really tough. Um, getting the right guys in here. Um, but I would say right up there is the, the scheduling part of this is really difficult. And, and you know, it's, Co- it's Coach Rose's fault. He's, uh, he's had way too much success at home. Um, <laughs> I will tell you, we had uh, four contracts um, with, uh, you know, with schools basically done and on their, on their uh, desk to sign, and all four of them went never got returned signed. So um, there's a lot of uh, drama in scheduling. Um, and so, you know, the fact that uh, we got the schedule done and, uh, you know, to many, the names won't mean as much as maybe uh, some other names. But, you know, we, we use an equation. Um, it's a numbers thing, really. And, um, you know, by the end of the schedule, we feel like uh, the teams that, that we brought, we've, we we will be playing against, uh, and then coupled with, obviously, St. Mary's probably a top 15 team. Gonzaga will be a top 15 team. So you have four more games against, uh, you know, top 15 teams uh, to go with the preseason schedule. That is, uh, I'll promise you, is way better than um, than it looks on paper. Um, you know, it'll put us in a really good position, hopefully, to have our numbers right to be able to. Uh, compete to get into the tournament. Now, we were just talking about that. Name brand is interesting in college basketball because there are 351 teams. Some lesser-known teams have consistently good programs like Illinois State and like UT Arlington, both of which come to Provo this year along with Utah. So while, yeah, it doesn't pop off the page like a UConn or a Texas those are good NCAA tournament caliber teams and an opportunity for BYU to earn 
some important wins in the metrics that matter, the RPI, the Ken Palm, strength of schedule, all that stuff. So how, how difficult was it to get teams like Arlington and Illinois State to come to Provo? Well, Arlington actually was um, – so we play in the, in the Barclays Classic, and as part of that you get two home games assigned to you, um, and that actually was all done prior to even the NIT last year. <laughs> so, so just kind of a you know weird coincidence, and um, yeah, we knew they were coming back. Uh, in fact, when we talked them before the game uh, with their staff, you know, they were like, "Well, it looks like we'll be back here again in November." Um, and so that was that was actually one that we basically get assigned. You get two home games as part of the uh, what's called a multi- multiple team event, and. What the benefit of playing in those events is you get to play four games, but they only count as two. Um, so if you play in a multiple-team event, you actually get to play two more games than you would if you didn't. So the Niagara and UT Arlington games are both games that were assigned to us as part of that Barclays event, and then we'll go back to Brooklyn and play Alabama and UMass uh, as part of the event itself. Um, a- Illinois State was actually an interesting one because – you know, I think they they made the uh, the news right after the tournament because uh, they like us. They have got an unbelievable uh, run of years where they've been really good, and they have a hard time getting teams to play them. And so uh, I've known uh, Dan, head coach there, Dan Mueller, for a long time. Uh, when he was an assistant, actually, uh, back at uh, at Falpo, and we were in a tournament. I was at Utah. And so we got to know each other. And when I saw his tweet that, you know, hey, look, we'll take any and all games, um, you know, it was a game that we kind of fell into that because we had three, like I said before, we had three or four games that we uh, were trying to get and thought we had done a couple of them with P5s that were going to come to Provo first. Uh, And then, like I said, they they didn't sign the document. So um, Illinois State ended up being a really good option. I think that they're – um, you know, they'll probably be a top 50 RPI team this year, uh, coming off 29 wins last year, have a majority of their guys coming back. So, um, you know, it, it'll be a great game, and, and then we'll return that game to their place next year. Illinois State is finishing in the top 65 of Ken Palm, three of the last five years. So that's kind of a under the radar. Wichita State, same league, a little better known, but Illinois State, yeah, quality team there. I was going to ask you if you – scheduled them after you uh, heard that. So that's funny that you saw that tweet and then did that. But yeah, we... yeah. And, I, and, and knowing him, you know, we've actually become pretty good friends. And so uh, when the opportunity arose, you know, we reached out and we're talking. And he, you know, true to his word, he's like, yeah, we'll definitely do it. And I said, look, we got to start a game at home. Um, and he was all for it. And we got it done pretty quick. Tim Lacombe, associate head coach for BYU Basketball, with us on BYU Sports Nation. We've talked about the big names in the non-conference slates. Of course, when you get into conference, you're dealing with Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and both of those teams not really showing any signs of dropping off. St. Mary's uh, projected four seed in Joe Lenardi's summer bracketology. Gonzaga down to a five seed, so I guess you could call this uh, a down season for Gonzaga <laughs> coming off a national yeah. championship appearance. It's, it's, <laughs> right. it's good to be the Zags. But it, it seems like they're – are plenty of opportunities for BYU to make some national noise because of the strength of what you see in WCC play and what we just talked about with Illinois State and Utah coming to Provo. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's always interesting because I think that the, the layperson, you 
know, thinks that, um, you know, we just uh, draw names out of a hat and put our schedule together. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, there's a lot of number crunching that goes into it. And um, so it's always it's always interesting when the schedule first comes out to see, you know, the opinions out there. But much like our team, I mean, and you guys kind of started with this, uh, um, you know, we are basically we're blocking out everything and everyone. Um, you know, one of our objectives this summer is to, devote ourselves, you know, everybody in that locker room to being one person uh, with one common goal. And uh, in this day and age, it's really hard because, uh, you know, everybody's got a voice and uh, it seems like idiots use their voice a lot more and a lot louder than uh, than the average, you know, great fan. Um, and, you know, that spills over to our guys and it spills over to the program and it spills over everything. And I think that um, our goal is to just really focus um, on trying to, do our best to, um, you know, in everything that we do to, to be excellent and uh, obviously didn't have the type of year that we'd hoped to have last year, um, had some some setbacks, but all that stuff's in the past, you know, um, kind of the rear view, rear view mirror analogy, you can focus on the rear view mirror, you can focus on the windshield, and we're looking straight forward and, um, you know, we're, we're right now we're working with the guys, we have two hours a week with them uh, during the summer that we can actually be hands-on and our whole aim every day is just let's take this two hours, you know, this week and, and let's get our guys to, you know, have great chemistry to hold each other accountable, to be accountable to us and to each other. Um, and, you know, really try to adjust the culture within, within the culture. And, um, really after three weeks, you know, really excited about the direction, um, but just totally focused on this summer of right now and, and trying to, you know, try to fix uh, the things that we felt weren't great uh, and improve the things that we did okay and uh, and then obviously develop uh, a bunch of guys in the process. The pressure of last year versus this year is interesting. And the Lone Peak 3 and the expectations and everything, it, it felt, and I'm – wasn't on the team on the inside, but it felt like that was something that was hopefully used to its initial benefit, but in the end felt like it was maybe more of a burden. How, how have things changed with this new kind of new look team and the, and, and the separation from kind of previous expectations a little bit? Um, you know, everywhere it's interesting because everywhere I go, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm in the, you know, getting gas or from the supermarket or in church, you know, everybody wants to talk about everything. And, you know, the, the thing almost the lead on everything we do as a man, how, how in the world are you guys going to function this year? Um, you know, and so whereas last year, you know, everywhere I went, it's like, we're hitting our final four tickets. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think in that respect, I do believe that, um, you know, there aren't a lot of people, um, you know, with even close here in the community that have much of an expectation for this team, um, you know, our expectations are the same every year. They don't change. And what we've tried to do this offseason, even as coaching staff, is to really dig deep into, um, you know, why some things went the way they did last year and what kind of things can we control or do a better job, you know, rather than point the finger and say, well, the guys didn't do this. You know, there are certain things that we've identified in even our leadership style that we're doing a great job of adjusting and, 
you know, and dealing with. And so your question is the expectation. Um, we hold ourselves to a really high standard. Um, but um, like I said before, really the only expectation, the only thing that matters is what, you know, 25 people in the room um, with all the players and the staff and the coaches and the support staff, what they are thinking, um, you know, as much as we love the fan support and or the fan concern or all that stuff, um, you know, to be our very best, we got to shut all that out because at the end of the day, uh, no one but the people on the inside know uh, the, the real story. Um, you know, there's shows like yours that are, you know, on every single day trying to figure out the real story, but there's a certain point of it that there's a culture within the locker room that nobody really knows and nobody will ever understand. And so the most important thing is that we're all together and that our expectations are all the same and that we hold ourselves to a, a really high standard and hold each other accountable. And, and so I think that's the direction that I'm really excited about because I think that there's a whole level of buy-in all the way across the board, and it's exciting to me because I really do see great things with this group. Associate Head Coach Tim Lacombe with us on BYU Sports Nation on the road recruiting for BYU basketball. And speaking of recruiting, recently announced two additions, Kajon Brown and McKay Cannon joining the roster, and not too long ago, Jasheer Hardnett, the uh, junior college transfer from Chipola College out of Mariana, Florida. What do those guys bring to BYU basketball? Um, well, I guess on a one by one by one, I mean, Jasheer is the kind of guy who um, really has given us fits forever. Uh, a little guy who can get anywhere he wants to on the floor. Got an unbelievable handle. Um, what I've been really impressed with is his leadership, his voice, uh, his understanding of how to play the game. Um, you know, and and so uh, all those things obviously really would have helped us last year. Um, he's a guy that played a year at Fordham. Uh, so he's played Division One for a year, and then he went to Chipola. At Chipola, he was uh, first-team All-League, um, first-team, uh, you know, our newcomer of the year in the league, um, and brings, you know, really great understanding of how to play the game. Um, big, strong kid, like I said before, can get anywhere he wants on the floor. Uh, we've had a lot of fast guys before, but sometimes – you know, fast guys forget to bring the ball with them. <laughs> the other handles aren't always the best. That's my problem. Um, and he can get through anything. Um, you know, some of his uh, some of his film we watched him recruiting him. You know, just going through a whole team and getting to the rim, making the play. You know, for somebody on a kick out, just really understands what a good shot is and and how to facilitate all that. So he's going to be great for us. Um, Kajan as well played. Um, actually went to Tulsa and was at Tulsa for uh, a year. Um, he actually didn't play. It was almost more of a redshirt-type season for him. Um, but uh, that's all kind of up to the base. There's actually a possibility he may have three years instead of two. As of right now, he's got two. Um, he went to Lee College, and if you just look at his numbers, you know, it's not anything that just jumps off the page at you, but one of our aims this year is we wanted, when we sub, particularly, we wanted to be able to bring guys off the bench to bring a little, something a little different. Um, and Kajon is big and long. He's very athletic. I think he's got a 39, 40-inch vertical. Um, he's capable of, of uh, making open shots. And like Jashir, is very, very well-schooled in how to play and always seems to make the right basketball play, which is huge. Um, so... 
we're excited, really excited to have those two kids. We feel like they're just, you know, their innate abilities bring something really different to the table um, as opposed to, you know, you guys talked about us having a hard time bringing guys off the bench to contribute. That was one of our aims uh, this year is to bring guys off that brought something different uh, that when you subbed, you're not only, you know, getting good players out there, but guys that bring different challenges to the defense and the offense. Um, both guys can really get down to stance and guard um, and guard the ball. That's a huge emphasis this year. Um, and then uh, McKay Cannon <clears throat> played at Weber State. He started his entire freshman year. Played, um, you know, a little bit less last year at Weber. His, uh, he got married, and his wife uh, runs track. And so um, she actually was looking to possibly move to a different place and got some interest at BYU um, and when he got his release call, you know, told him we didn't have uh, a place that we felt like we could scholarship him, but we would, you know, take him in a minute as a walk-on and, and he decided to come. He had a couple other places he could have gone. He'll have to sit a year, but he'll be an absolute perfect like for this season, he'll be an absolute perfect scout team point guard for us from the other team stuff. Um, he's tough. He understands how to play. He picks things up really fast, so that's kind of you know, scout team point guard. You're running something different every couple of days because you're simulating the other team. But uh, McKay, the way he's been playing thus far, you know, it looked for him to have a really uh, bright future here, and uh, is a type of guy that has excelled here because he's tough, he's smart, he's skilled, and understands how to play. So I feel like you know, our guard line that way, you know, we're adding some guys that really can help us get better. Five-second answer. No complications getting Utah in Provo? Everything cool? Yeah, everything cool. Okay, that's all. That, that's all. That's it's all. better than last time. No <laughs> drama is good. Yeah. Tim, i got to be honest. Uh, with so many question marks uh, and just the, the new change in, in philosophy and so much turnover, this is one of the more intriguing and exciting basketball seasons to look forward to. We wish you the best on the road recruiting, and uh, we appreciate the insight, man. Hey, always great to be with you guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Tim. You got it. Tim Lacombe from the Atlanta, Georgia area, recruiting for BYU basketball on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. This season feels fresh. This team, the schedule, everything just feels fresh, which I kind of like after last year. Based on what we know, will BYU basketball make the NCAA tournament? Your Twitter response is coming up. Join the conversation using hashtag BYUSN and the top ten running backs BYU football will face. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Hello. Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand, sports friends, anytime, anywhere. If you missed us talking about the expectations of whether we think BYU basketball is going to make the tourney or not, based on what we know, way too early, right? Is it way too early? We have a daily talk show. We have to talk about something. Uh, with the schedule and the roster, plus Tim Lacombe on what it took to make the schedule and some of the new guys and the cultural changes Pressure, expectations, all that. Some interesting comments from Tim Lacombe. Download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or tune in. There's a new fire of motivation for this BYU basketball team. Everyone was disappointed. Based on what happened last year. Yeah. Eric Meek is gone. The lid is off this kind of Lone Peak 3 Final Four pressure. Like, that's gone. It's totally gone. This feels totally new. You've scribbled in this notebook. Your four-year-old got into it, too. It's just not fresh. You got a new one. It just feels different, right? It just feels fresh. 
You got a car wash. Whatever analogy. Half you want. the roster is brand new. That was last year too. Oh. Is this a regular thing? But going Maybe back, or so we think, from what we've heard, to what Dave Rose does in his wheelhouse, and that is run and gun and shoot the three. I, I'm excited about BYU basketball. This is a team that wins a lot of games. Obviously, last year was disappointing. But I'm excited for this, this team to get back to kind of what it was, which was, listen, the worth of a 20-9 and nine guy is great in the side of college basketball. Hey, BYU men's basketball has their non-conference slate. We just broke it down with the associate head coach, Tim Lacombe. A couple of exhibitions to start. The season for real begins on Saturday, November 11th. I am for real. Mississippi Valley State. Jerry Rice is on Monday. To tip things off, BYU travels to Princeton on November 15th, then begins an important four games and eight-day stretch with UT Arlington, rematch of the NIT game. and that was before was in place. played them in the Yeah, NIT. it worked out. That's funny how it works out. UT Arlington on November 18th, Niagara on November 21st. Both of those games in Provo as part of the Barclays Classic. Then Nick Saban versus Kalani Satake, BYU versus Alabama in basketball. Sorry. And then uh, UMass, the fighting former uh, Marcus Cambys at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. The Cougars play at UVU, the fighting Mark Popes in Orem. November 29th at Utah State, December 2nd. That'll be, that's always a crazy game. We'll probably be up there. Then uh, uh, host top 50 team, Illinois State and Merritt Center. Yeah, again, not, not the name brand opponents, but when it matters, the metrics. Hoops, hoops, a little, like, hoops a little different than football in that regard. Like, if you don't play name brands in football, it's like, what are you doing? Beehive Classic in Salt Lake where BYU plays Weber State, then the return of Utah, December 16th, Idaho State and Texas Southern to close out the non-conference schedule. Based on what we know now, will BYU basketball make the NCAA tournament and why? Let's go to some of your tweets. It's winter time. At Saltmaster Smooth, great Twitter handle. There are no guarantees with Mika out. No there schedule weren't with teams. him. Yeah, that's the thing. What was guaranteed with Mika in it? No scheduled teams finished ranked, so no real profile wins are available as of right now. No. See, I totally well, well, disagree. Hold on. Non-conference, is- there were four games that BYU, BYU played five games against teams that finished ranked. Gonzaga and St. Mary. BYU will play That's at part least of your four schedule. games. They will play at least four games against ranked teams with St. Mary's and Gonzaga. We don't know what's going to happen in the non-conference schedule. I don't know who's going to be where in December. Likely, likely no top 25 yeah. teams. But does that matter in college basketball? The no. top 25 does not resonate like it does in college football. RPI, it's top 100. It's yes. top Ken Palm. It's strength of schedule. It's BPI ESPN. I, prof- I think real profile yeah. wins are available at Laser Sheep. I'd be surprised if they are dancing. Hope. Frankly, not sure about the NIT. Wow, not sure about the NIT? Dude, Wait, hey, where hey. are our expectations? Come on, man. Even through these, I see the NIT. Let's go, bro. 10 and 10 continues next. Top 10 running backs BYU football will face. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan reunited for the first time since June. Live at Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. This Eastern. Old, this is the only day this week, yeah. It's July. Take some time off. Hey, whatever, dude. If you, it's good to be back. And if you miss an interview, you can go to YouTube.com slash Sports. YouTube.com slash Sports to watch all of our interviews on demand. Today's interview will be Tim Lacombe. Based on what we know now, will BYU basketball make the NCAA tournament? We know the non-conference schedule. They play in the West Coast Conference. Good idea of the roster. 
You tell us at B Royal Blue Cook tweets in <laughs> 404. Answer not found. <laughs> Too many question marks. Not enough recent experience returning. Do they have potential? Yes. Now prove it. That's what I love that the there's no like, hey, they gotta make the tournament. They don't have this team does not have to make the NCAA tournament. It's fresh. I like not knowing. Yeah. That's kind of fun. I like it. All right, Jerem. It's a Wednesday in July, and that means 10 and 10. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem, 10 and 10. And today we look at the top 10 running backs BYU will face in 2017. Number 10, Marquise Young, UMass. Second most carries of any returning opponent. 898 yards, almost 75 a game, four touchdowns. Not a star, but he's fine for struggling UMass. Number 9, Armand Shine, Utah. Who? Didn't really play against BYU. Zach Moss might be the starter this year, but Armand Shine made the list. Shine shined after averaging almost 75 a game during Joe Williams' mid-year sabbatical of four games. <laughs> Shine had three games of 90-plus in that stretch before injuring his leg versus Arizona. Number yeah. eight. Shine bright. Nope. <laughs> Number eight. Tony no. Lindsay, Jr., Utah State. Filled in for the injured Devontae Mays, who was drafted by the Packers after Jamal Williams in the seventh round. Okay. 763 yards, 5.2 yards pop, six TDs. Also caught 17 passes. Yeah, I think he's sneaky. He I is think sneaky. he's a sneaky back, yeah. for sure. Very sneaky. Number seven, Lexington Thomas, UNLV. Second most touchdowns among all opponents from last uh, on this year's schedule from last season. Eight rushing touchdowns, two receiving TDs, 5.2 yards carry, 64 yards a game in Vegas. That'll be a Friday night in November. Number six, Alexander Madison. All these are like formal English names. Boise State. This is the Jeremy McNichols replacement. Okay. 328 yards, four touchdowns last year as a freshman. Boise State has proven it can produce good running backs. Doug Martin, Jay Ajayi, Jeremy McNichols, all in the NFL, all in the last decade. Yeah, no pressure, Alexander Madison. And by the way, he is in the same situation that all of the BYU running backs are in. Okay, Who's yeah. going to replace Jamal yes, Williams? Exactly. Who's going to replace Jeremy McNichols for the Broncos? And this is the case every year at Wisconsin as well. Number five, Chris James, 5'10", 208 from Chicago. Transferred from Pitt. Two years there, four and a half yards to carry there. Sat out last season. He's a third down bruiser. He's going to score a bunch of touchdowns for Joe Rudolph's offense at Wisconsin, but he's not the main guy that is yeah, He's not up. even the best running back on Wisconsin's yeah, team. He's at multiple. Corey Clement's gone. Number four, Eris Williams, Mississippi State. You probably don't remember this guy. We talked about Nick Fitzgerald, but 5.3 yards per carry in the SEC West. Whoa. Yes, sir. 720 yards behind quarterback Nick Fitzgerald's 1375 and 16 touchdowns. 140 versus fourth ranked at the time, Texas A&M. C-speed and power. Career bests, 21 carries, 82 yards against BYU. Hey, he did that in Pro Bowl. That's pretty good. Number three, Diosami St. Just. Hawaii. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hawaii above Mississippi State? Second most yards among all returning running backs on the schedule. 1,006. Okay. Four 100-yard games. Speaking of two, only two dudes averaged 70-plus yards per game last year on BYU's schedule this year. He's one of them. Ooh. And that was despite missing two games, bro. 5'8", 200. Look out. Number two. Also, his name is Diosamy. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Bradrick Shaw, Wisconsin, is number two. There's the Four-star running back out of high school, now a sophomore. He's replacing Corey Clement in Madison. 5.2 yards per carry in the Cotton Bowl and for the season. Almost 500 yards, five TDs, playing third fiddle 
This season, he's expected to be a thousand-yard rusher in the always loaded Wisconsin backfield. Two of the top five play on the same team: Bradrick Shaw and Chris James. Welcome to Wisconsin football. And the number one running back BYU will face in 2017: Darius Geis, <gasps> LSU. And it is not even close. He isn't just the best running back on this list; he's the best player. BYU will face, including BYU's team, this year. Heisman candidate, All-American, All-SEC, LSU, single-game record holder, 285 rushing yards, three touchdowns against Texas A&M last season, seven runs of at least 40-plus last year. Did you know BYU's offense only had six plays of 40-plus? He had seven rushes. He led the SEC in rushing, 7.6 yards per carry. He led the SEC in rushing. On the same team as Leonard Fournette. This guy is amazing. And those are the top 10 running backs BYU will face in 27. Very nicely done, Jerem Jordan. But you forgot one team's running back, Portland State. Countdown to the Viking. 45 days. Rah! <laughs> we do it again. Do it again. Roll it back. Roll it back. Roll it back. Countdown to the Viking. 45 days. Listen, we're going to. Practice doesn't make perfect, okay? Perfect practice makes perfect. There you go. Sometimes there's a false start. Sometimes you have a false start. Yes, and then it's first and 15, and you're in trouble. That's okay. You're probably punting. We just threw for 11 yards on second down. I thought that was pretty good. So it's it's second and four. Jonah Trineman. Second and four. Bail us out. Or was it a tight end, finally? Wow. I... Diosami St. Just, the third best running back to BYU face from I, Hawaii. That just makes the trap game for me that much more scary. He's 5'8", 200. Ran for over 1,000. He's, he's quick and fast. Like, he's a good running back. Mm. They did lose a 13-touchdown guy that graduated. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar whip around as we continue our Twitter discussion in basketball the Augusta Sports Council's involved. Who? <laughs> Men's Sports soccer Council. update. Daniel Schneeman still doing work representing BYU baseball. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest, Tim Lacombe, the associate head coach for BYU basketball on the recruiting trail. What does he think about the non-conference schedule? And what did he say about four different Power 5 teams that fell through on that scheduling agreement. Download the podcast. Check it out. Well, Utah's on there. Alabama is. Those are your two Power 5 basketball teams, I guess, right? If you missed any of today's show, by the way, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Cougars released the 2017-18 non-conference schedule highlighted by games with Utah and Provo as well as Alabama and UMass in Brooklyn. Cougars in the NBA. Eric Mika off the bench for the Miami Heat Summer League team last night. Scored four points, had two rebounds in seven minutes of play, and a loss to the Dallas Mavericks. Jennifer Hampson, by the way, in the WNBA, will make her Indiana Fever debut today. I got a fever. And the only remedy is more Jen Hampson. And the Fever hope to break a two-game losing streak as they face the San Antonio Stars. The Fever are currently on the court. Mm. Football. The Augusta Sports Council. So official. Names Johnny Linehan to the 2017 Ray Guy Award watch list, highlighting the nation's best collegiate punters. Volleyball. Lowy Robbins-Hardy and Team USA college national team wins all three of their pool play matches in Croatia. Hardy played in all three matches, scoring seven points. U.S. as a setter. U.S. advances to the quarterfinals tomorrow. 
Soccer. Men's soccer lost 2-1 to one to FC Tucson last night. The Cougars take on FC Tucson once again tonight at 9 Eastern as they try and even that series. Cougars in the minors. If Jake Oldroyd wasn't on the mission, it'd be awesome if he showed up in that. Daniel Schneeman went 2-4 and Keaton Kringlin 1-4 for four and a 14 to nothing St. Cloud Rocks lost to the Mankato Moondogs. Huh? Mankato? Mankato? It's in Minnesota. It's not in uh, Venezuela? <laughs> Mankato. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need the most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jerem? Goes to Tim Lacombe. He's got to put a schedule together. And here it is. And Tim said, I think some fans think that we just pull random names out of a hat. Hey, you guys want to play? All right, cool. Listen, the Power 5 teams aren't on there. They really aren't. But this is a schedule that's good for a young group to help them grow. Does it mean they'll make the NCAA tournament? We shall see. I don't think the pressure's on to make the tournament this year. They don't have to. Well, technically, Gonzaga and St. Mary's aren't Power 5 teams, right? They're always going to be there. <laughs> they, those teams are projected top five seeds. Treat Gonzaga like it's Kansas, and you'll oh, you, that will be a fair treatment. Right? Based on what we know now, BYU hoops schedule and roster. Will the Cougars make the NCAA tournament? Back to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Dalbert Olson, no, because Eric Mika is gone, and the Cougars don't have any momentum after being upset in the NIT. I think the reset button's been it's pushed. It's such a hard reset that momentum doesn't even factor into this. You got like a whole new gaming system, TV. You got a whole new house to some degree. Will they be? Will this team be thinking anything about what happened in the NIT last year? No, because it's so different. Well, it's been whitewashed. For motivation, sure. Yeah. At Hot Wings eighty five. Will BYU overcome the challenge of adjusting to new assistant coaches and a mixed-up roster? I think an NIT appearance is in the works. Hey, we'll see. If they get to the tourney, bonus, baby. Conversation continues. Oh, what's the elite tweet? Yes, at one ball, Cairo Doc. I'm a simple-minded man, albeit I love Coug basketball. I can only concentrate on one thing at the time, and currently BYU football has occupied that space. That's not true. You can multitask. Conversation continues (laughs) 24-7 on Twitter. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Henry Tabor. Get your light, Tabor. Saber?